Travels with Charlie is paid for by Jolly Convenience Stores, Mill Travel American Express, and Costello Waste. The views and opinions expressed in Travels with Charlie do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to wdev at radiovermont.com. Well, it's all about all the folks you meet. Sitting in a diner or out in the street. Catch up with the news. Get your point of view. I want to hear what unravels. I'll see you in my travels. I'll be hanging around. And good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Travels with Charlie. Your host, Charlie Papillo, here with you on a nice, beautiful summer day. Hope you all enjoyed a happy Independence Day. Great to be back with you. Uh, and, uh, well, we've got a special guest in studio here. We'll, uh, actually, you know, I don't know how special it is to WDEV. It's like, I'm looking for your time card here. Uh, Yo, for, for, welcome, welcome to my studio here, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> well, former Governor uh, Jim Douglas joining me in studio today, and uh, uh, I, first off, I, I just I want to mention that uh, you know we would not be doing this show without the support of my sponsors. So I ask that you please support them, and I want to thank uh, Catamount North Custom Truck Caps, sixty-five Dorset Lane in Williston. Uh, my friend uh, Tom Frechette and the crew out there—they do a great job. If you need a truck cap, a tonneau cover. Commercial cap. Um, you need to get rid of the Subaru, Governor. You, you, really? Get a pickup truck. This is Vermont. Well, actually, we have one of those too. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> My wife drives it. <laughs> uh, Jolly Convenience Stores. It's that time of year. You know, creamies uh, in, in many of the locations. Uh, hot coffee. If uh, yeah, oh, hot coffee. We got the governor here. That's my uh, my drug of choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, smiles uh, always the home of the daily smile. Casella Waste Systems. Casella dot com. Zero sort recycling, helping to keep it out of the landfill. And of course, uh, this time of year, if you're doing cleanups or any of that, uh, give them a call. Uh, get that big dumpster out there. And uh, you know, so often we we try doing these garage sales, and people come by, and it's like, you know, I've I've gone to some of these garage sales, and you go. I throw stuff out better than this. <laughs> we did one a number of years ago, and I, I said to our kids who were young then, you can have all the proceeds. So they were, they were happy. They yeah. got a little, but it was so much work for so little return. Uh, well, I, I kind of uh, hesitate uh, from doing garage. The last garage sale I did, and you, you know, my children are now adults, uh, all grown up. Uh, I still hear about it because they went inside for a moment, and they had one of those little play school um, picnic tables, you know, the plastic picnic tables. And at that point, you know, they're 10, 11 years old, whatever. They didn't use it anymore. And somebody came by and said, how much for the picnic table? I said, five bucks. Uh, they came out and wanted to know where the picnic table was. Uh-oh. So uh, I've never uh, been able to, to live that one down. Uh, <laughs> com. let them come and uh, forget about the garage sale. Just uh, let them take care of it. And, of course, my friend uh, Scott Milne at Milne Travel American Express, milnetravel.com. Been doing that since 1975. If you're traveling, let them do all the details for you. Well, folks are traveling again now, which is good to see, so uh, Scott and the gang can certainly help out. You know, I was thinking about the, the uh, picnic table. I think uh, I think the uh, Cassell employees are using it out behind the plant <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, let me tell you about uh, today's show, continuing our series, Vermont Grown. Uh, by the way, if you have a business or know of one that you'd like featured on the Travels with Charlie, you can contact me at cpapilloradio at gmail.com or simply call uh, WDEV. Just leave a message for me here and we, we'd love to, we'd love to feature you. If you have a business that's been here in Vermont for decades, well, we'd, we'd love to, love to feature it here on Travels with Charlie. And today, Earl Handy from Handy's Lunch in Burlington will be joining me. Uh, 75 years at the corner of Maple and South Champlain. And I should know this. I grew up just down the street from there. Uh, they've been serving breakfast and lunch to diners from, uh, from all walks of life. Uh, and doing that, as I mentioned, for 75-plus uh, years. I'm sure you've had a couple of hot dogs there on the campaign trail, Governor. I, I, I used to, uh, whenever I had to be in Burlington for a meeting 
uh, during the day, I'd stop there for breakfast and get the not only a good meal, but the scoop on what was going on around town. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, we can talk with Earl about this uh, when he joins us. But what is it about, uh, you know, the diners? You know, for years it was, uh, you know, uh, Stratty Lines and, the you know, the diner in, in Burlington, uh, I believe the Oasis. And, you know, that was a place, I think, uh, when Bill Clinton uh, – Came to town. That was uh, he. You know, he went there for for lunch, if I'm not mistaken. He did. I, the, the story about that visit back in the 90s was that uh, the Secret Service, of course, had to approve whatever he was going to eat. Yes. So, uh, so the waitress came over to take his order and and uh, asked, oh, "Mr. President, what would you like?" And a Secret Service man whispered in his ear, "Tuna sandwich." <laughs> I think I'll have the tuna sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> was was that when he was uh, starting to eat healthy? Because as you recall, uh, you know, during his presidency, uh, I, I, you know, we'd heard all kinds of stories about him, you know, sneaking out to go to a Burger King or a McDonald's, and you know, well, there was some other sneaking, sneaking out that were going on, but, or sneaking in, or sneaking right? in. <laughs> yeah, Kai, I think we need a rim shot in here today. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, well, as I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the program, we have a great show lined up for you today, and if you haven't figured it out yet, of course, this is a voice that you hear here on WDEV, whether he's a guest on many of the programs or or he's filling in for Vermont Viewpoint with uh, with Rick Sengary, uh, former governor Jim Douglas in the hot seat uh, this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. It's great to be here, Charlie. Uh, thanks for doing this show regularly. You give a great insight into what's going on around our great state. Well, I, I have a blast doing it, and I really enjoy and, and appreciate uh, you being here with me today. You know, it, it's always interesting. I, I recall, you know, on the old Charlie, Ernie, and Lisa show, when you were governor, and uh, we'd call your office and say that, uh, can we get the governor in? Uh, and it was always, you'd get the answer, you'd get the response quickly, and it was always during the 7 o'clock hour. I remember one time uh, with your scheduler, I said, well, we have an opening at 8 o'clock. And they took it, and you must have intervened because I get a phone call back, and it's go, no, uh, he'll be there at 7. Uh, you know, of course, having a, a background in radio, you get the whole prime time thing and exactly. drive time, right? Exactly. I, I remember uh, this, uh, this, by the way, I'm sure you knew this, is the 50th anniversary of my first election to the legislature in 1972. And I still remember doing radio spots in Middlebury and insisting on those time <laughs> spots, usually between 7 and 7.15, and I got them. Well, lots to talk uh, about uh, with, the, with the former governor today. Uh, if you have a question, you have a comment, you'd like to join us, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. I haven't uh, memorized the number. Have you memorized it? Well, well here, here's, a, uh, uh, here's a way to cheat on this, okay. Charlie. It's 291-TALK. Oh, okay. Two nine one talk. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I I still have the old you know Charlie Ernie and Lisa phone number in my in my head. Uh, uh, do we have a call coming in, guy? We do. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's take that call. Sure. We somebody wants to talk with you. Are you up or on all you? Your, are you up on all your bills and everything? You don't owe anybody any money, do you? Uh, well, the wife handles the Okay. <laughs> this, this is Brian from Eden. Brian from Brian from Eden. You couldn't read my handwriting? Um, no. No. Okay. No, uh, Doctor Kaya, I could not read your handwriting. I thought she was giving me a prescription for Lipitor. I wasn't exactly sure. Brian from from Eden, what's on your mind today with uh, Governor Jim Douglas? Well, I'm so glad to. Uh, hear you guys uh, on the air. Um, I, I've said this before. There's so much competition for the best governor of Vermont that I have to put him in the top. But you can't say best. But as far as secretary of state, I used to interact with the state government down there in Montpelier. And everyone loved him. Like so many politicians sound sincere. and They say the right thing. But he has that inner integrity, like he is what he sounds like. And, you know, people like Anthony Tebbets has a really different background, but he shares that inner integrity. A lot of politicians seem like self-serving jerks. He can say it, but it's true. <laughs> and, uh, but and then there are people you're like, oh, my gosh, you've sacrificed part of your life for our public service, and you just honor, you know, it's just so good. And uh, I just want to thank him for his service to the state. Oh, my goodness. Well, Ryan, thanks so much. Uh, 
for calling in from the Garden of Eden. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, I, I really enjoyed my time as Secretary of State. Um, I, I got into that uh, quite uh, aggressively, as, as you know. We're working with local officials and people with professional associations, um, record-keeping uh, folks around the state. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. But I think it's important uh, not to stay forever, uh, whether it's a morning radio show host or, or whatever. And uh, and so I, I felt it was time to, to pass the baton, get some fresh eyes on it. But I really enjoyed that uh, dozen years. So thanks thanks for mentioning yeah, it. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Th- thanks for your yeah. call uh, this afternoon. Uh, again, one eight seven seven two nine one talk If you'd like to uh, join us here on Travels with Charlie, you mentioned something that I did want to bring it up, and I know we've discussed it before, and that's and that's term limits. Uh, do you think that, it, it, you know, from all levels, of course we have it, uh, you know, in the presidency, but we don't have it in the Senate or in the House. Uh, we've got some races coming up now. We'll get into some discussion on that in Congress. Um, should there be term limits? I, I'm warming to the idea, Charlie. I, 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 I for a long time, bought the argument that uh, uh, we have term limits. They're called elections. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. But the fact is uh, 95 to 100 percent of incumbents always win. Correct. And they design the districts and the Congress so they're favorable to uh, to incumbents in most cases. Um, so I, 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 I think it makes sense to push the old refresh button every now and then. Because in Congress, unlike governors, half of whom are term limited around the country, not in yeah. Vermont, but other states, uh, in Congress, it's all about re-election. They just, um, they position themselves, they raise money aggressively, they, uh, they just care about winning again rather than actually accomplishing something. Right. So, yeah, I, I think maybe it's an idea whose time has come. And I don't know many governors that serve for 40 50 years, but when you take a look at the Senate, well, let's look at our very own Senator, uh, Pat Leahy, who has decided to, to not seek re-election, and that sort of upset the apple cart. Everybody's scrambling. We'll, we'll get into that, but yeah. th- there's, you know, in the Senate, it's just a huge difference. I thought it, I thought he'd die in the saddle, to be honest, but um, uh, you're right. They stay forever. Um, governors, even those who are not term limited, often get out after eight years, yeah. although there are a couple who have been done 12, George Pataki in New York, uh, Rick Perry in Texas, Jay Inslee in Washington now, but most of them don't stay longer than eight years. And, uh, you know, it, uh, maybe it's harder work than being in the Senate. It kind of wears you out. You have to Well, I kind of think on. that it is. I think you have to be a little more accountable, and you actually do a little more work than, um, you know, you're one of many, than you yay or nay on something. Well, I talk with a, a number of uh, colleagues who have been both governors and senators in other states. And, and uh, a friend of mine, Dirk Kempthorne, who went on to serve as Secretary of the Interior for President Bush, um, served one term in the U.S. Senate, then he left and ran for governor. And I asked, well, why would you leave the world's most exclusive <laughs> body with a you know, longer term, slightly higher salary? Yeah. And he said, because I didn't feel I was accomplishing anything. Interesting, interesting. People want to talk with uh, Governor Douglas this afternoon, uh, 1-877-291-TALK. And we're going to Forbes from East Corinth. Good afternoon, yeah. Forbes. How are you today? We're doing great. Listen. Yeah, on a personal note, uh, how does it feel to be uh, a governor forever? Uh, (laughs) That's a good one. But um, it's been said, and by many people, that the good governor never forgets a name. And I've had people say that they met him uh, a year ago in a particular split, and meeting him again, he recites their name verbatim. How in the world does he do that? Well, let's ask him. He's right. You know what? And I'll back you up on that. I've I've seen that multiple times when he would join us in the studios at uh, my former radio station. He'd he'd meet somebody and uh, you know come in for the second time and hi, Bruce. How are you doing? You uh, well, do have uh, an uncanny ability. Well, you're very kind, Joe. Uh, no, no, it's uh, Charlie. <laughs> isn't it? um, but I, I think first of all, the legend's a little greater than the reality. But um, I, 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 I might immodestly suggest that I do better than most people in that. And I think the key is to 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 try to remember someone you're meeting, not just shake the hand and move on the receiving line and go on to somebody else, but to actually uh, focus on that individual and. Because uh, chances are, in a small state like Vermont, you're going to meet him or her again, right? So it's really nice to remember. But now that I'm out of it, Charlie, uh, I'm slipping. Well, you don't need the vote. You know? <laughs> well, you know, everyone's a potential vote. Forbes, thanks for your call this afternoon. Let's go to Jim from East Barry. Good afternoon, Jim. Hi, Jim from Barry. <clears throat> 
Governor, it's good. It's always good to hear your voice, and, and uh, I don't think there's a, a more respected person in Vermont. Uh, I, I see our politics being somewhat similar, so I really was very interested in getting your opinion on something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, I need to start off by saying that um, I am Republican, but I did not vote for Trump uh, either time. Um, I'm really just disgusted with what's coming out in these hearings. But with that all being said, um, I'm, I think what these hearings are, are bringing to light is we need to have absolute faith in the integrity of our elections. And although I think he clearly lost, that was very evident, but what if it was closer? They, they keep saying that there was... Um, you know, at one point they were saying in Georgia they found four dead people that died. Well, yeah, that's only four votes, but that's still closer than, than we'd like it to be. And if you looked at something like Shumlin versus Milne, there was 2,000, 2,500 votes difference there. Yeah. And, and a, a, uh, an election that you didn't have faith that it was 100% or as close to 100% as, as accurate as possible, and it was not you know, an irrefutable, um, secure election, what would happen then? So I guess I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for your call. Governor? Yeah, it's a great point, uh, Jim. Uh, I'll let you in on a a dirty little secret. Uh, Elections are not perfect. (laughs) Uh, uh, They're they're well run. I'm particularly proud of the people in Vermont who who, uh, work as poll officials. Uh, We have a politically balanced team at our polling places, so the R's and D's can kind of keep an eye on each other. But um, not through fraud, but through error, uh, mistakes can be made. And I, I used to do workshops for local election officials, and we would spend a lot of time on what to do with a stray mark on a ballot or, or one that doesn't look quite like it's in the box, but maybe that's what the voter intended because it's the intent of the voter that counts. Right. So uh, a different set of eyes could come to a different conclusion on a ballot, and, and so it's imprecise. Um, and that's why, Jim, I, I'm not in favor of a direct popular election to the president. Because imagine if it were a real squeaker on a nationwide basis. We'd have a, we'd have lawyers in every county clerk's office in America. Um, so I, I think we ought to support our election officials, thank them for doing a good job, and because most of the time they really do. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for your call. We're going to take a, a quick break here in just a moment. But before we do, let, let me just ask you, Governor, uh, are, are these hearings, are they serving as a distraction or is it a real need? I mean, I was a little appalled, to be honest with you, when I found out that it was like a primetime show in yeah. the evening well, with uh, sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Casella would be interested. Uh, I know it, it's it's um, it, it's. Political. I'm sorry to break that to our listeners. Um, um, yes, it's bipartisan. There are t- two wayward Republicans on yeah. the committee, but it's it's uh, designed by the Democratic majority to uh, to try to win the upcoming midterms. Uh, they're not favored, and if they can raise enough doubts in the minds of the American people, tie local candidates to Trump, uh, who is not particularly popular. Of course, ironically, neither is the current president. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. They think they can uh, score some points but uh yeah I, I frankly i haven't watched a minute of them yeah uh, you know i i figure the news will tell me what's well important. you're busy watching america's got talent and uh <laughs> some of the other uh game shows that reality shows that they have on in the evening uh, yeah, no kidding uh governor jim douglas uh, my guest this afternoon on travels with charlie uh let me tell you about uh, catamount north my friend uh, tom Frechette at catamount north custom truck caps 65 dorset lane in williston they're on the web at CatamountNorthVT.com, and they've been doing it for over 35 years right here in the Williston area. Truck caps, tonneau covers, commercial caps. If you're a plumber, an electrician, or a carpenter, you got a pickup truck, you need a rack for your ladders or opening sides uh, for compartments, they can do it for you. Custom builds, just tell them what you need. They'll make it for you. Ranger designed van interiors with slide-out shelves. A lot of bakeries use them. You've probably seen them. Catamount North, the truck cap retailer of choice, and always giving back to the community. That's why I like them. 
proud sponsors of Toys for Kids, Wounded Warrior Project, and others. They're open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5, Saturdays from 8 to 2, closed on Sundays. Stop in and see Tom and the gang at Catamount North Trustum, Custom Truck Caps, 65 Dorset Lane in Williston on Facebook and Instagram. Thousands of satisfied customers. We'll take a break from Travels with Charlie and be right back right here on WDEV. When I'm on the road, I don't have to look very far for a place to fill my gas tank or my belly. Jolly Convenience Stores, with over 40 locations to choose from, makes it easy. Fuel for your car, fresh-made sandwiches, soft drinks, hot coffee, pastries, friendly service, and even creamies. Jolly Convenience Stores supports your community by sponsoring events, veteran organizations, and more. That's why I support them, and you should too. Stop in today. Jolly Convenience Stores, home of the Daily Smile. Oh, yeah, I guess I did. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Here we go. We got we to gotta guess the song here, Governor. Really? Yeah. Oh, this is one. You want to sing along with it. I think we need a couple of beer steins and kind of shake them around. That's the Proclaimers. Yes, it is. Yeah, Kaya doing the job of Corm uh, this afternoon, filling in. Welcome back to Travels with Charlie. I'm impressed, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, we always try to do a, a, you know, name that tune and see if you can. Corm's uh, actually stumped me just a couple of times. Just a couple of times. Uh, thank you for joining us here on Travels with Charlie. Governor Jim Douglas is my guest today, and uh, we got Earl Handy from Handy's Lunch coming up. Uh, we're, we're showcasing Vermont-grown businesses, Handy's Lunch in Burlington. Been there for 75 years. We'll be checking in with him shortly. Uh, but and we've had busy phone lines. I haven't had a chance to ask a question. I, I've got three pages of questions prepared here, and, and, and your strategy is working, Governor. Right, it's like, right. Uh, give a long answer, you get fewer questions. <laughs> you know, you know who was really. And I, we can say this now, um, Governor Shumlin, or Shummy as we knew him, I always appreciated, we'd ask him a question, and he would give you three answers, and by the time he got to the end, he hadn't actually answered your question. And, you know, Ernie and I'd be shaking our heads going, what was the question? I forget. He was a pro at that. Well, it worked for him, I guess, for a while. <laughs> for a while. one <laughs> talk if you'd like to join us here on Travels with Charlie. Uh, Governor, I want to ask you about uh, Middlebury College. Uh, you're still teaching a class there, Vermont yes. Politics and Government. Mm-hmm. You also graduated from Middlebury College. You and uh, Ari Fleischer, another uh, famous alum. He's from much Mid- younger. From yeah. Middlebury College, a former press secretary. Well, uh, your 50th reunion came up, and uh, I, I heard about you not going. Now, I, I remember when my 40th high school graduation uh, uh, ceremony came up, our reunion, and, you know, I debated about whether or not I wanted to go. It, it didn't have anything to do with politics, just, you know, do I want to go? And, you know, you're stuck in a room with uh, all of your roommates and, you know, some DJ that wants you to do some stupid dance and, and you know, the food's so-so. But you had different reasons for not going. Would you explain that? Yeah, I did. I, I've been to previous uh, reunions. I have a lot of great classmates whom I enjoy seeing, and, and uh, I regret not seeing this this round, although I've been in touch with some of them directly. Uh, I decided not to attend because uh, last fall, September 27th, the date that will live in infamy, uh, the college uh, announced that it was removing the name of one of my predecessors, John Mead, from the chapel that he purchased and gave to the college uh, in the 19-teens. Um, they uh, um, alleged that he was engaged in the eugenics program, which was uh, sort of ethnic cleansing um, uh, that was quite prominent in parts of the country and even in Vermont. Um, and they argue that he played a central role, and therefore his name couldn't be on a chapel. Well, um, the, the role, his role has been exaggerated dramatically by the college. It wasn't central. It was tangential at best. Uh, he did suggest uh, uh, limiting the issuance of marriage licenses to the so-called feeble-minded, uh, which was a fairly prominent uh, mm-hmm. common view in those days. Um, he didn't actually do anything, and one of his... Uh, um, descendant said to me, that's what really frosts the family, that he, he didn't do anything. He's being punished for his speech. And frankly, on college campuses across the country now, free speech is not exactly a priority. Yeah. So Middlebury has really gone uh, beyond the pale. 
the descendants have been in touch with me. They're very unhappy. Um, and uh, this is not just an honor that was bestowed on him, like the Wilson Center at Princeton. He paid for the chapel. He yeah. bought it. And uh, and he specified in his letter of donation that this was the name that was going to be on They it. were happy to accept the money back then. Well, and my <laughs> guess is that all the trustees at the time agreed with him yeah, on the I'm, eugenic I'm, stuff. I'm sure they did. Uh, I'd like to you know, get in a little bit about uh, you know, in, you know, teaching, the, the cost of education. Uh, there's this discussion about forgiving student loans. Uh, do you still owe on yours? No, but <laughs> I, I did for quite a while. And, and I think a lot of families are saying, wait a minute, we, we uh, borrowed and scrimped and saved and we're paying back these uh, loans and uh, they're just going to wave a wand in Washington and forgive a whole bunch of it? Uh, I'm not sure that's fair. Is there a liberal doctrine in, in all schools today? Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, or at least most of them. Yeah. Um, a few exceptions, but uh, it, it certainly has gotten away from the true liberal arts education. Uh, the whole idea was to uh, to explore different things, to liberate your mind so that you could uh, be exposed to different ideas, different views, different uh, opinions, different topics. Uh, but now there seems to be a what we call liberal, uh, in, in modern terms, orthodoxy. And, and somebody said to me recently, you know, the, uh, generally the faculty are more liberal than the students, and I believe that's true at Middlebury, yeah. and the administration is more liberal than the faculty. And I was chatting um, with a professor and administrator at Carnegie Mellon earlier this year, and he said the only way we're going to get some balance on our campuses if it is if more conservative people go into academics. And he said the problem is a lot of them don't want to. Yeah, and the ones that are there uh, tend to hide. Yeah, they do. I, in fact, I went to a, a reception uh, as for new faculty uh, in 2011, and it was very nice. Met a lot of my counterparts and uh, nice, nice folks. This professor from another department came up to me and, and looked around and then <laughs> leaned in and whispered, and she said, I'm a Republican. <laughs> I said, don't worry. You're secret safe with me. Yeah, don't tell anybody yeah. else. <laughs> Governor Jim Douglas, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Uh, Governor, the, you know, we've heard uh, for so many years – you know, especially you know from you know Bernie Sanders seemed to be leading that charge huge, the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage. Well, we've got that now, not federally, not passed, but people are you know drive by any sign, uh, right. and and the signs are we're starting off at seventeen dollars an hour, and you get a one thousand dollar sign on bonus uh, if you stay for a month. So. Uh, and recently I heard as high as, I forget, it was a congresswoman who said, we need a 30 to $35 an hour minimum wage, to which I said, why stop there? <laughs> well, <laughs> let's I, go $50, $60 an hour. Well, when I heard the fi- big clamor for 15 bucks, I, I, I said, it's not going to stop there, obviously. And that was before the big inflationary right. pressure came along. But you're right, Charlie. The, the economy is working the way it's supposed to. Supply and demand is the, uh, the give and take that uh, determines what salaries and wages are and uh, given the lack of supply of of, of labor right now, right. Um, folks can demand more, and they are, and that's fine. But we don't need government telling us how how much it ought to be. So, and we still can't fill many of these jobs. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, uh, of course, Vermont's having a real demographic challenge. We've discussed we that in the have. past. Yeah, yeah well, we're getting older. There are fewer younger people coming along. But th- this uh, workforce challenge is true everywhere. Um, I have a son who's in uh, the logistics business. He has a couple of warehouses, and he uh, uh, he was working a forklift himself, you know, in one of them. And, sure. and and he went to a temp agency to try to get some help, and and they sent him uh, some folks who showed up on time, but then. Two hours later at the first coffee break, they disappeared. You never saw them again. And I've heard other stories like that. Oh, so, man. So we've got to, uh, uh, we've got to change our mindset. Now, the pandemic, of course, uh, uh, inspired our Congress to give these huge, uh, generous benefits through the unemployment program. Yeah. And as that wanes, perhaps people's bank accounts will uh, decline and they'll yeah. have to think about going back to work. Yeah. I hope so. My thought is, I think a lot of these people uh, got a taste of not working and getting a check in their uh, you know bank account each uh, each month and and realized, well, this is pretty easy. And it's it's difficult, uh, you know, when you're still in your learning stages. If you're 16, 17, 18 years old, 19 years old, and uh, you haven't been brought up where you need to work, you you need to progress. 
they just it's been just a, a little too easy. So hopefully you're right, and that uh, that does change shortly. Uh, I would like to talk a little bit about uh, the pension crisis, which is ongoing, and it's been a problem even when you were governor. It was a it was an issue. Uh, it was recently propped up with about two hundred million dollars in, in in money with with market performance in the last month. That really didn't help out much, did it? Well, yeah, you know, you're supposed to um, buy low and sell high. We bought high <laughs> with that infusion. Although, to be fair, I don't know exactly how it was deployed. It was probably uh, not all in the stock market, and uh, they may be uh, phasing it in over time. So I give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But the recent reports, uh, all I know now is what I hear in the public, is uh, that the investment performance has not been that strong compared to other public funds around the region and the country. Um, we did better back in my day. and When I was state treasurer for eight consecutive years, the funded status of the, our three pension uh, funds increased. Yeah. So you know, I, don't, I don't know what's happened lately. Well, why won't the legislature listen to the advice and just read the writing on the wall? Private enterprise realized that 30 years ago. I know Dave Coates, uh, you know, I joke with Dave about banging the drum. In fact, right. did a video with him on Travels with Charlie. I had him and Art Wolf uh, in a studio, a music studio, banging drums. And he said, nobody's listening. And, you know, interestingly enough, uh, Governor, we, we invited Beth Pierce, union leaders and members of the legislature to come in. And it's not a debate. Just let's have a discussion. And uh, nobody wanted to show up. Very frustrating. Uh, uh, and bless uh, David for keeping uh, on Banging that, that drum. drum. Yeah. Uh, it was 1996 uh, that I first proposed to the legislature that we shift to a defined contribution plan 26 years ago. And I hate to say I told you so, but if we had begun that process then, it would have been a little painful at first because you have to fully fund the existing plan and then make the transition, but we'd be a whole lot better off than we are now. And to your point, uh, the rest of the world is going that way in the right. private sector and even some public uh, jurisdictions too. And and, and it's all about empowerment. You know, there are lots of reasons. We don't have time to discuss them all today, but um, it allows the individual to make his or her own decisions. If you don't want to be in oil or tobacco or whatever, you can decide, not a some big fund that, uh, you know, others are involved in. And and there's no unfunded liability for the uh, for the um, uh, taxpayer. I mean, it just makes a whole lot of sense. Right. Plus, um, I always used to uh, argue with the uh, teachers' union about this and, and tell them that they're really paternalistic. Uh, I'm, uh, I'd ask, well, don't you trust your members? Aren't they smart enough to decide on their <laughs> own investments? Because those who are working at private schools are. We do have a break coming up. We're going to be joined uh, by Earl Handy from Handy's Lunch. Uh, but before we do that, I'd like to just discuss, uh, well, one recent endorsement uh, in particular, and that's uh, Christina Nolan, U.S. Senate. Uh, now, was that difficult for you? You've worked with Peter Welch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I often wonder about that because you have a friendship there, and then right, you go right. ahead and you, you endorse uh, Christina. Well, uh, Peter's a, a good friend indeed. You're, you're right. We work well together in Montpelier, and, uh, and I certainly hope that our friendship will be sustained. I mean, Howard Dean just endorsed Brenda Siegel for governor, you know, I <laughs> Yeah. I, 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 my feeling is that for the first time, arguably in about 16 years, or maybe precisely 16 years, we have a qualified candidate for a federal office on the I, Republican I would agree. ticket. So I, I'm, you know, the Republican Party has been really good to me for the past half century. I've been proud to carry its banner, and I feel that uh, we need to get behind a, a qualified candidate. Uh, and, you know, uh, Pat Leahy talks uh, about seniority and how important that is. And, and uh, well, Peter is uh, is a good friend, but he's a little longer in the tooth than even we are, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and yeah. he's, he's not going to be there for 48 years. Yeah. So uh, why don't we have someone who's young, who's a our first woman senator, yeah. uh, and give her a chance to uh, to show what she can do. She's very, very bright. Yeah, I would agree with you. In fact, uh, I would like to invite uh, listeners uh, throughout the area uh, tomorrow evening at McGillicuddy's in Colchester, not the one here in Waterbury, McGillicuddy's in Colchester at 530. Uh, There's going to be a meet and greet with Christina Nolan. Uh, I'm going to be uh, honored to, to do the uh, introduction. So come on out uh, and, and see us. Uh, uh, we could... St- Keep you here for the entire hour, but Earl Handy's, you know, he's got some, uh, some burgers on the grill there and he's going, I'm going to burn them if you don't bring me in. Earl, we'll be with you in just a moment. I, just one last question for the governor, because I, I've interviewed you and had you on many, many times. I don't think I've ever asked you when you realize you're a Republican. Did you ever vote for a Democrat in a presidency? Um, well, uh, 
I have several answers to that question. Okay. First of all, I, I really think that um, the the secret ballot is essential to our. So you're not going to tell us. Right. All right. Um, well, I'll tell you, I voted for Carter, and after that, I never voted Democrat again, okay? <laughs> well, my dad once told me he voted for Truman because he was command- his commander-in-chief in the World War II, but that was the last time. All right. Well, he's off the hook. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, Earl Handy from Handy's Lunch joins us on Travels with Charlie right here on WDEV. The waste and resource management industry is a complex, integrated system that many people and communities take for granted. Trash, recycling, compost, we're all familiar with the terms, but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry. Want to learn more? Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. Life is a highway. I forget the artist, Kaya. Tom Cochran. Tom Cochran. Life is a highway. The governor knew that one. He's just being kind. He doesn't want to hog the microphone. My brain doesn't work quite as fast as it used to. <laughs> Travels with Charlie back with you. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Uh, great to have uh, former Governor Jim Douglas join us in studio. And he's de- decided to, to stay for the next segment as well. Our, our series, uh, continuing series, Vermont Grown, featuring businesses that have been in Vermont for decades. Earl Handy from Handy's Lunch in Burlington. Earl, good afternoon and welcome to Travels with Charlie. Good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon, Governor Douglas. Well, great. This to... is a treat. This is a treat for me because I'm used to talking to both of you guys at five in the morning. So <laughs> I'm gonna, and you gonna were... throw my day off a little bit. You were but, smart uh, enough not to come over to the studio because Charlie would have insisted you bring some food, right? Oh, yeah, some Texas dogs. <laughs> oh, I know. I don't think they would have made the trip. <laughs> so they, Earl, don't, they don't last that long in the car. Earl, uh, you know, interesting uh, uh, about uh, your family's business. You're the third generation there. Uh, started the business uh, as, a, as a – there was a grocery store and then the, the luncheonette uh, – uh, in there as well, and yep. you you tell a great story about how was it your dad that decided to to shut the store down and put in that iconic U shaped the horseshoe counter, uh, and the rest of the family didn't uh, didn't agree with that. Yes, so <clears throat> my grandparents um, went on vacation in the winter of like 1958, and my dad was a young man at the time and was working in the store and they were ice men as well. And, uh, he was tired of people coming in and getting the groceries and putting it on the quote unquote house account. And, um, but anytime somebody came in for something from the luncheonette part, they paid for it right then and there. So while my grandparents were gone, he got rid of the grocery store part of it, put in the U shaped counter, which is still here today and turned it into the, the diner, complete diner. And, uh, of course, when my grandfather got back, he fired him. <laughs> then he realized he didn't want to run a restaurant. So then he had to hire him back, and then my grandfather retired. <laughs> and uh, so in 1958, my dad took over and <clears throat> ran it till 1996. And then I took it over after college. Well, it was certainly successful. Uh, you know, that iconic uh, U-shaped uh, counter is, is really what makes it so popular. You can sit there and see people across from you, and you're sort of like uh, the moderator, Earl. You know, you're in the middle on the grill, and you can talk to everybody. That's, you know, that is one of the beauties and one of the joys about this is that, um, you know, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. If you came in by yourself, if you came in with somebody else, there's always a conversation going. And, of course, as you know, the diner's not that big. So the person across the counter is going to hear you. And whether they agree with your opinion or not, at some point somebody's going to engage in that conversation, whether they were invited into the conversation (laughs) or not. And, And then the place just starts rolling, and then it just starts going, and conversation keeps going. And 
And, and, and that's what's just so nice. And, yeah, you try to moderate it. Every once in a while, you have to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy, everybody. Yeah, they have to break any yet. fights up, Earl? Uh, um, is, usually around, is it around politics or sports more often uh, at, at your cafe? If I'm involved, it has to do with Yankees and Red Sox. Yeah. If <laughs> I'm not paying attention, sometimes it has to do with polit- political conversations, which I try to squash immediately because nobody's got a good opinion and nobody's going to be right, nobody's going to be wrong, so I just squash it before it even starts. Yeah, you can't and win. Go, let's talk baseball again. I'm going to let the, I'm going to Earl, I'm going to let the governor jump in here because uh, you know, you being a Yankees fan and uh, the governor being a Red Sox fan, uh, let's let you go his at only it. Only fault too, by the way. What's that? I love. I that's his only fault. I love this man <laughs> to death. My what? father loved this man, but that is his only fault. Well, uh, uh, okay, but uh, I'm not. I'm not changing now. After all these years, <laughs> I guess, Earl, and um, we, we 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 split the series over the weekend. So you know, we'll, we'll yep. see what happens later. Which, you know. No big deal. We still got fourteen games on you, so yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> well, I'm gonna keep riding that wave as long as I can. Well, uh, we'll see in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to mention I, I didn't uh, spill any state secrets when I was at the uh, counter because, I, as Earl said, everybody could hear everything. <laughs> Everyone's everybody listening says, there, but That's it's such a, it's so iconic, and I, I didn't want uh, the show to pass Earl without uh, uh, noting the, the loss during the last year of your mom, who was such a great inspiration to everybody and uh, such a Thank friendly you. presence there, and and um, you know. Uh, she, she just, uh, along with you, uh, really made it worthwhile to go into to Handy's. So uh, we'll miss well, her. Well, thank you. Yeah, we miss her a lot. And uh, she had a good run. Um, she mm. got to 84, and, uh, you know, and it just it got the best of her. Unfortunately, um, she had Louis bodies with dementia. Mm. Um, and so what happened was when the Louis bodies was strong, um, that was like when she couldn't do anything physically was the days that her mind was very sharp. Mm. And then the days that her mind was very sharp, she um, suffered physically. Mm. Um, but um, the uh, the Mansfield place, so she decided on her own, before she really even took it ill, um, she moved into the Mansfield place, and they took exceptional care of her. Um, and then, of course, uh, my heart goes out to the respite, the uh, UVM home and hospice out uh, in Colchester. They took such wonderful, wonderful care of her the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, that we are truly blessed as a state to have a place like that around here. Absolutely. Um, Earl, and, uh, uh, Tom, Tom's been hanging on the line here for a few minutes. He, he may have a question right. for you or for the governor. Let's uh, let's bring him on. Travels with Charlie with Earl Handy from Handy's Lunch in Burlington. Tom, you're next on Travels with Charlie. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, and yes, Handy's was a great place to eat. That's for darn sure. And it still is, Tom. Um, it still is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, but I was talking for the governor. I know you're not going to run for president. I wish you would. You use something that other politicians don't. It's called common sense. <laughs> and I wondered if there was any idea of what you thought maybe would help us get back to where we need to be. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, I'm a lot younger than the guy who's in there now, so I guess that. Hold on, uh, WDEV listeners. He's going to make an important announcement here. No, he may worry. be running for president. No. Dorothy, hang on. Yeah. No way. No way. I think I think Earl would be a great president because he he has his uh, finger on the pulse of the people. But it really has gotten unsatisfying. And Earl mentioned a few minutes ago how he has to kind of uh, get people to quiet down when they're talking about university and college politics. Uh, but we've gotten to a point in our country where we're just so grumpy. We uh, we don't disagree agreeably with other people. We we, we seek to delegitimize their views and uh, shout them down, literally, in some cases. Uh, there was a recent article I read that uh, pinpoints the rise of social media as the most important factor in this trend. Uh, I think there are probably others, too, you know, gerrymandering or traditional media or whatever. But... Um, this particular columnist, whose name escapes me, says that uh, it's really when we could just uh, tweet something or push a button and say something very unkind uh, that has gotten us to this point. It's very disappointing. Tom, thanks for your call uh, this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. I don't, I don't think the governor's ready to throw his hat in the ring uh, for president. Oh, come on. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> 
1-877-291-TALK if you'd like to join us here. Earl Handy is joining us from Handy's Lunch in Burlington on the corner of Maple and South Champlain Street. Earl, you've been featured on many national uh, cable shows. I believe uh, Cheap Eats uh, with the Macho Man sandwich. Yep. And, and then uh, the Chuck Norris, that was on the Travel Channel, I believe. Uh, that was on man. That was on man versus food. Yeah, yeah. and now these are two iconic sandwiches, and one that if you were to bring it in, uh, there's enough here for the entire staff at WDEV. Would you tell us first about the Macho Man sandwich? How that came about? Who invented it? And what's on it? Okay, well, both sandwiches I invented, I created. Um, the Macho Man started as honestly something I was. I was watching one of the, you know. Food channels, yep. and I was watching a guy make a, a Reuben burger, and I was like, and he had no sauerkraut, no Thousand Island on it, and he, it wasn't on rye bread, and I was like, what is this guy doing? And so the next day, I came in and I threw three pieces of rye bread down. I got some Swiss, I got some kraut, I got the Thousand Island, I grabbed the burger, I caramelized the onions, and I put it all together, and I said, oh, now this something so it's a it's a double decker sandwich so it's got a patty melt on the bottom and then it's got a pastrami reuben on top and it is so darn good now now the name macho man does that have anything to do with uh with randy savage absolutely all right we were we were trying to figure out a name like it's like what do you call this thing what can i call this thing and i always try to come up with something that makes when the customer looks on the menu and they see a name just like okay, well, what's this? And it because it, it creates that conversation. Sure. And then once you describe it, they're like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Or they're just like, oh my gosh, that's way too much food. <laughs> um, and so one of my customers was just like, dude, this is like, like you got to be a macho man to eat this. And it was just like, that's it. The oh, light, the light bulb went off. And so then it was like, light bulb went off. I, you know, you go online and you know through my social media just put out all these Randy Macho Man Savage memes, you know, Macho Man Thursday, and put out some videos of him with Mean Gene and stuff like that, and it just went viral. It worked. And then, of course, he got the Chuck Norris, which uh, we're going to take a break, Earl, when we come back, Earl Handy from Handy's Lunch in Burlington. You can tell us about the Chuck Norris and uh, and some of the famous people that have been in uh, your uh, your diner in Burlington. We'll we'll talk more with with uh, Earl Handy and Governor Jim Douglas on Travels with Charlie WDEV. Whether you're traveling for a vacation, planning a business trip, or have a global company looking for a strong Vermont-based company to align with for business and meeting management, Milne Travel is a trusted local partner, and they've been one since 1975. Milne Travel is one of the top travel companies based. Based in New England, featuring educational tours, vacation travel, or corporate solutions, let their travel specialists search the lowest airfares exclusive to the travel industry for you. Guaranteed. We're all getting ready to travel again. Save time and money on your next trip. Go to www.millatravel.com. I was toting my pack along the dusty when I'm Well, I know it's Johnny Cash, but I don't know the song, Kaya. I think you've stumped. The band this afternoon. Uh, Governor? Going to well, i got to hear the whole song. Oh, i got to hear the whole song. We don't have enough time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I Who is it? The uh, what's, what's the name of the song? Down okay. He asked me if I'd seen oh, road I thought it was coming up. And, and I said, listen, I've traveled every road in this here land. I've been everywhere, man. There you go. I've been everywhere, man. And I'll bet you that uh, the Johnny Cash Foundation is making lots of money from the U.S. Postal Service. They're using this now as a jingle. Welcome back to Travels with Charlie. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon. Uh, having a, a great time talking with former Governor Jim Douglas and, and Earl Handy from Handy's Lunch in Burlington. Earl, when the, just before we went to the break, you were talking about the Macho Man sandwich. And then the Chuck Norris. Now, this this is a big sandwich, and you got to tell our listeners about the Chuck Norris. Well, it is the biggest sandwich we have, the biggest sandwich we serve. It is. It consists of five pieces of French toast, <laughs> ham, bacon, sausage, a burger, and corned beef, four pieces of cheese, oh. four eggs, and I need... 
12 inch bamboo skewers to hold it together. <laughs> and the thing is, is I actually need three eggs to make the French toast. So technically when you have this, it's seven eggs. Now, and then all that weighs three and a half pounds. Now, Earl, people come in and they ask for the Chuck Norris. And do they finish? Have people come in and eat that entire sandwich in one sitting? Most of them do. Believe it or not, I would say almost 80% of the people who come in to order it, they when they come in, they are like, I am here for this, and I am going to finish it. Like, and, and do you do you wheel them out after it? Well, the cardiac unit is standing by. <laughs> I, you know, that, that first initial, because we have stools, so that a first initial when they stand up is that, like, 80-year-old man that just goes, oh, boy, I shouldn't have done that. And it's like a big stretch and like, uh, you know, a couple little calisthenic twists and then uh, they waddle their way out. Yeah. But I'm blown away by the amount of people who actually finish it. Earl, we, we've um, got just a, a few minutes left here, and I, w I wanted to touch on uh, yeah. some of the, the famous people that have been in Handy's Lunch in Burlington. Uh, got a call during the break, and somebody said, make sure you mention the band Fish. They would eat there often. Uh, of course, you know, you'd have entertainers yeah. coming into the Flynn, and they would head down there to, to, yeah, so, uh, to your diner for, know, for breakfast. Having the Flynn Theater nearby and advanced music across the street, we definitely get um, a really nice, genre of musicians and artists and stuff like that um the guys from fish have been coming in here forever um since i was in high school and um they're real close friends of mine and i love when they come in and what's really great is a lot of people don't recognize them so they can just come in and be themselves yeah and, and no big deal um i mean the governor governor douglas was a staple here when i first took over and uh that was always a treat. I know my mom always loved when he came in. Sure. And um, and then, you know, we've had a variety of hockey players um, of UVM. Yep. Um, Recently, uh, Earl, and I'm just moving along here because we just got a yep. little bit of time left, and I apologize to the callers that are online that would want to join us here. We, we'll do it again uh, in a future program. Absolutely. Josh Hayden, the popular show that's on, uh, on one of the networks. Uh, um, what's the name of it? Uh hey. Jay Sta Hayden. Sta Station Jay Hayden. 19, Jay Hayden. Uh, who, Jay Hayden. Who, yeah. how, did, how did you get to know this guy? Every time he's in Burlington, he goes to your uh, your spot. Jay and I have been friends since college. Um, he's a few years younger than me. He started coming in when he was a student with a couple of his roommates who were friends of mine. Like, when I first took over, I was only 21, 22 years old. So these guys were only a couple years younger than me. Um, got to know Jay and... Uh, and whenever he comes to town, um, he stops by, and that, it's that's, great. That's and, great. Well, people can we follow going. you on Facebook, and you can uh, you can see pictures of Jay when he's uh, when he's in Burlington. Earl, we got a break. This has been a blast. Get on down there and get yourself a Texas dog. We didn't even get a chance to talk about those Texas dogs. They're amazing. Earl, thanks for joining us today on Travels with Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Governor Douglas. Take thank care, Earl. And, and thank All you, right. Governor, for being my guest. My uh, pleasure. We will be back with you on July 25th. 25th. <laughs> you got it. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us here on Travels with Charlie, sponsored by Casella Waste, Jolly Convenience Stores, and Milne Travel American Express.